again, the synchronicity from of all that was that I discovered that I loved cleaning up messy data. And what that means is if a client comes to me and says, I need to get this Excel worksheet looking this way, but it looks like this right now and it's a mess. I can't do anything with it. I'll take that spreadsheet and clean it up. And another thing I like to do is what's known as data extraction. And that's an art in itself. There's all kinds of data sources that are not easily manipulated by people. And so they want to get it into Excel so that they can manipulate it. So one of the main places where data is and should not be, if you want to work with it, is a PDF. Welcome to the Embrace Your Inner Weirdo podcast, where paradigms shift. Impossible becomes I'm possible, and weirdos are exposed for who they really are, pure geniuses. With your host, who walked from Chicago to L.A., just because he could. The one and only Mr. Weirdo, a.k.a. Rashid Huda. Well, good morning, Mitchell. How are you, sir? Good morning, Rashid. I'm doing fine. How are you? I am wonderfully blessed. Thank you for asking. All right. Glad to hear it. Yeah. My audience doesn't know anything about you. Okay. So would you take a couple of three minutes and tell us who Mitchell Allen is? Well, Mitchell Allen is, first and foremost, a family man, creative writer. All my life, I've been writing short stories. I've always loved that. I also love games, and I love words. So when you put all of that together, you kind of get an idea that I'm somebody who spends a lot of time in his head making up stuff. And that's pretty much the gist of Mitchell Allen. Okay, were you always that way? Um, as long as I can remember, yes, actually. Um, my sister and I weren't very close. So she was four years older than me. And at some point, she actually went to live somewhere else. So I spent most of my childhood as a quote unquote only child, even though I have a sister. And that's the perfect ingredient for someone with a creative mind. I've spent a lot of time making up games, making up plays in my own head doing silly things like playing all six pieces on the Monopoly board and fighting for the win as if it were six people playing. It's, you know, stuff like that. So like I said, as long as I can remember, I've been this kind of person. So what you're telling me is that you are a certified weirdo. Didn't hear you. You didn't hear me. Yeah, that's one of your... Um, secret powers, I would say, that <laughs> you have managed to live in this world with a challenge of not being able to hear. What I said was, based on what you told me, I would say you are a certified weirdo. Well, yeah, that is one of my superpowers in a sense. And it's a double-edged sword. All right. On the one hand, 
if somebody insults me and I don't hear it, I don't react the way most people expect me to react after being insulted. And that has created some kind of uh, mystique. And at least when I was a kid, people were like, oh man, you cold. You don't, you don't even respond to that. Wow. Then later on, somebody tells me, yeah, it was so and so called you, but such and such, you ain't say nothing. And I was like, oh, really? I wish I would have heard him. I would have punched him in his eye or something. <laughs> you know, I don't know. But, you know, on the other hand, that's got me to a lot of hot water because maybe somebody gave me some instructions and I just said, sure, whatever, didn't really hear them. And then I didn't do what I was supposed to do. Well, you can imagine the consequences of that. So I guess all superpowers have that kind of problem, don't they? You yes, abuse they them do. or <laughs> whatever. Yes, they do. So I understand you learn to read lips to compensate for that uh, challenge. Yes, and that actually comes naturally. I think all people can read lips, but when you have to rely on it, it's just like exercise. You become better at it because you have to. I've learned how to read body language. I'm not an expert on that, by the way. I just know that there are certain things that are consistent with certain contexts in conversation. So for the longest time, I thought I was quote unquote slick. I thought, ah, nobody knows I can't hear. I can figure this stuff out, I don't care. But later on, I found out that all my school teachers were made aware of my hearing problem because that's what you're supposed to do as a parent. My dad took care of that. And so they all knew that and they all made arrangements and accommodations like sitting in the front of the uh, class, speaking to me directly, looking at me so that I could understand them. And I just thought I was being, you know, clever about everything, but it, I'm happy to know they had my back all along. Well, that's what the parents are supposed to do. Yeah, parents and good teachers. Teachers are always a blessing when you have a good teacher. Now, I have heard you mention your love for your dad uh, over the period of time about how much you learned from your dad. Would you care to share how some of that? How much you learned from your dad? How much did I learn from him or how did I learn from him? You learned a lot from your, your dad. Now I'm typing this into the chat so you can understand the question. Um, okay. What I'm saying is that you have mentioned that you have learned a lot from your dad. Yes, yes, that's true. And I wanted and to, you had I wanted to see if you would care to share some of that. Okay. My dad is also a imaginative person. He wrote stories, he made games. So I came by it honestly. And 
he was also very competitive. He had to tone that down after he annoyed a lot of people. But for example, he taught me how to play Scrabble and he never let me win, ever. <laughs> and yes, I was a typical kid. I would get mad and storm out of the room after I lost. However, that was the best thing he could have ever done because I learned so many words and I also learned how to play Scrabble well enough to beat him finally. I think I was, I don't know, maybe 16 or 17 before I could finally beat him. His vocabulary was huge and his Scrabble strategy was tremendous. But you know what they say, if you emulate someone enough, <laughs> yes. they could turn that back on him, you know? So that's what really happened. I finally just played it and beat him at his own game. But, you know, that's just one aspect of it. I mean, not a day went by when he wasn't singing silly songs, making up corny dad jokes. I think he's the originator of the dad joke, <laughs> if you would have done. <laughs> and um, wordplay. He was always coming up with these rhymes and some of them he made up some of them he passed down from whatever other sources he got them from and I just soaked it all up and I loved it and we used to play word games where there's a I, I think most people know it as ghost g-h-o-s-t mm -hmm. where you have to start with a letter and then the next person adds a letter and then you keep going, making words as you go along, and you cannot be the person who puts the final letter on the word because you would lose. And there's different variations on that, all kinds of fun word games that we play. And uh -huh. you know that you know that game word uh, that's big on the internet right now? Yes, I was gonna ask you about that. Right. I love Wordle, and that was something my father and I used to do all the time and we did it in our heads how about that mm -hmm. and you know the first few times you do it it's like you're all over the place you can't remember anything but once you've played it a while we each take a word and we try to be the first person to guess the other person's five letter word and so let me tell you a story about my dad that really put me on the path that i am today he loved to play monopoly and I guess that inspired him to create his own version. Okay. He took a um, record album. Remember how records used to come in? Oh, yeah. The vinyl records? I'm old enough. He yeah. He took two albums. Uh-huh. And he cut, he cut them open. So to make a large foldable square playing board. Okay. He taped them together. And then he took a deck of cards, regular poker deck, and he cut out the corners where, you know, like the ace of hearts, the king right. of spades, just, just that little part. And he pasted them all around this board. Uh-huh. And he said, okay, we have a game now. It's called Card Monopoly. And he had these arcane rules. I don't even remember them now, but... <laughs> It had something to do with you pluck cards out of another deck and you build up your hand and you land and I don't know. It was fun, though. 
and he used three dice instead of two. So oh. that was a that was a lot of fun. And that planted the seed for me. Just that one little game. And I've always been a board game designer. I love making board games. I don't sell them. I have never sold any of them. I made them for my kids or whatever. But that was one of the things that I learned from my dad. And now I understand you are in the process of creating a book or an online game uh, library or something of sort. Oh, actually, it's just a puzzle book to, to put up on Amazon. You know that KDP, everybody's into that, Kindle mm -hmm. Direct Publishing. Right. Yeah. Yes. So I jumped on it. I said, hey, I know what I can do. I can make a puzzle book. That's that's what I'm working on right now. And it, it involves all of that fun stuff I just talked about. Wordplay, go to the store and you get a, a variety magazine. It's got all yes. kinds of word searches, fill-ins, cryptograms, you name it. I love put those. It in my book. Yeah, I do do. Okay, well, you can buy my book when it comes out. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely, absolutely. It's a big, it's a big market. People seem to love them. And I was surprised, actually, because I started researching this before I put too much time into it. And I had no idea that there was something called an adult activity book. And that's like, I've been buying those for years. Yeah, That's all it is, is, you know, Dell variety puzzles, uh -huh. penny press puzzles and all right. that. But now that they have a category for people who need to uh, exercise their brains as you get older, you know, they say this helps you keep sharp, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not positioning my book that way because I'm no expert on it. But apparently puzzles are supposed to be good for us as we get older. So, hey, I'm all for it. Yep. I love Sudoku. Oh, Sudoku. Yeah, Sudoku. Uh, I love, I mean, I've loved uh, math, um, word arithmetic that Dell had, where you divide uh, words by another words and come up with an answers. Are you familiar with that? Repeat that, please. Which am I familiar with? Word. Word arithmetic. Hey, oh, <laughs> uh. Word arithmetic? Uh-huh. Oh, my God. I hate those things. When you take, like, uh, it's like words A plus B equals C and you have to do all this math all the way. I, I've seen those. I have yeah, they, were, probably... they were division problems. Yeah. They were problems of division talking. between words. So you had a number okay. that was being divided by I mean you had a word that was being divided by another word and then you had to come up with. Oh yeah, yeah. I, 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 I've seen those and I've always skipped them. Math is not my favorite subject. Okay. I used to love yeah. those. Okay. I used to love those. And, and the cross songs. Uh, that was another one. Oh yeah, one of cross songs now. Oh, I love cross songs. Yeah, yes, I have a whole book of them. <laughs> yeah. They call them Kakuro. That was the new name. But I was growing up, 
they'll call them croissants. But yeah. now if you want to if you want to get a book full of them at the bookstore, it's K-A-K-U-R-O, Kakuro. Kakuro, okay. Yeah. Those are definitely fun. Oh yeah. And uh, even though even though it's math, it's only simple addition, you know. Yes. That's that I, I can do that. <laughs> so what other games do you like besides uh word games? What kind of board games do you like, or what kind of board games have you created? I personally like, well, okay, if we're going to stick with board games, we can talk about, um, oh, goodness, my mind is going black. I have so many games downstairs right now. I can tell you, we play um, Smash Up. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay, this is like superheroes and villains and monsters and wizards. What it is is mashup. You know, in the in the uh, computer world, when they talk about mashups, they mm -hmm. take two things and put them together and they do right. something neat. Okay, well, Smashup is a card game where you have different factions. Like, um, let's take zombies, for example. You would have a deck full of, you have, actually, it's only, uh, how many cards are in there? I think it's 25 cards per uh, faction. And you have these characters that are of different strengths and different capabilities. And you mix them up with another faction. So you're always playing with two factions. And each person is playing with two factions. So if there's a three-player game, there's six factions. And they all interact on the board, on the table to do different things. You really have to look at somebody do a playthrough. It's hard to describe it. Okay. They play Smash Up. And there's a huge franchise called Dominion. And I've heard that that's one. Occurred. Okay. That's I've heard, I haven't played it, but I've heard that. Okay, well, let's change the topic a little bit and move away from the games and let's talk about writing. Writing? You, are, you Yes, you are a creative writer. Yes. Tell me about that. Okay. When the internet came into being, I was ecstatic because it was a place to write without having to tear up the paper from the typewriter anymore. Remember doing that, typing stories on the typewriter, you mess up a page, ah, I gotta start all over again. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it didn't take long for me to find places like blogs where people just shared stories and I know this was 10 years after the internet was invented, so to speak. So we're talking 2005. But um, I found a site that doesn't exist anymore. It's called Writing Up. And I used to just write weird stuff and post it and people would react and we would talk about it and have a good time. And everybody else was writing weird stuff and I would go react on theirs, you know, like it was a blog, basically a multi, a multi-platform blog or whatever you want to call it. 
Okay. And from there, I just went to other sites. And when my, uh, when this first site right up went down, I just decided to set up a blog for myself. And I said, this way, my stories won't disappear. Right. And, and I write a lot of my stories on my blog now. And I've slowed down a lot over the years. But, you know, not because I don't like writing anymore. It's just I'm doing so many other things. So, I know that. Know, yeah. <laughs> you are in all kinds of stuff. You're a techie. You're on Quora. And you're, you're in all kinds of places, answering questions, doing things, and coding. And, you know, you're, you're just a multi-talented nerd. Well, thank you. You know, a lot of that is one of my favorite words is synchronicity. Yes. And then all that stuff comes together to help me just create. And that's the bottom line, create. You can create in your head, but you need tools to put it and bring it to life. Okay. And I use programs. I use writing. I use storytelling and I use games to do all of these things. Well, fantastic. You talked a little bit about your, your challenge with your ability to hear. You talked yes. about your passion about uh, all kinds of weird stuff, which is what this podcast is all about. Embracing your inner weirdo. Uh, if you were to define your inner weirdo, how would you define it? That's a good question. Let me think on that for a second. My inner weirdo is a person. It's actually two people. Okay. And I have names for them. There's the left brain and there's the right brain. And if you take the initials, the left brain is LB. And if you spell that out, that's a name, LB. And the right brain is Arby, like the, the fast food restaurant, Arby. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. All right. And LB and Arby are always having conversations about things. LB likes computers and codes and, you know, Arby likes art and pretty things and deep quotes. And they always get together and try to create stuff. And that's where I spend a lot of my time listening to LB and RB. And I just channel them and bring things to life, even if it doesn't make sense to anybody else. It does not have to make sense to anybody else. Uh, if it did, it wouldn't be a creativity. It would be just like everybody else doing the same thing. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So I guess that is, that's my inner weirdo. You're the first guest on this show who has two inner weirdos. <laughs> well, you know, it's the three of us. It's not just two. It takes three because I'm sort of like the mediator. Ah, so you See, have three. You have Elby, well, you have Arby, and you have Mitch. There you go. There you go. And... You know, if each of us were left to our own devices, we would be dull. We would be boring. But the fact that we all come together 
it's like a band. Hey, let's make some music. All right, this is going to be fun, you know, and you get a little bit of everybody's input. Mm -hmm. You create harmony in your head. Uh, I have tinnitus. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. I've been listening to these waves crashing in my head for the past 10 years. And if anything, that's sort of like the, um, the metronome mm -hmm. for everything that goes on in my head, seriously. I know, I know some people are annoyed by it. Maybe mine isn't as bad as some people. Some people scream about it, but I've come to peace with mine. And like, even now I'm just listening to it. It's just like white noise, you know? But we make that music and that's the beat, you know? Yep. And isn't that the secret to happiness, making peace? with yourself? Beg pardon? I said, isn't that the secret to happiness, to be able to make peace with yourself? I suppose it is. I mean, I'm, I'm happy more days than I'm not. You know, and the only time I'm not happy is when it's cold. And that's because I can't control cold. I can control <laughs> everything else. <laughs> you know? That's really the only thing that makes me unhappy. I don't like being cold. Okay. I, I can understand that. I can relate to that. How would you define success? When I get there, I'll let you know. Okay. You know? That's, that's never I, heard of that one before. Yeah. I, you know, I, to me, I'm just on a journey. Okay, a mm -hmm. life's journey. I don't know what success looks like. Everybody has their own definition for it. Okay, yes. so all I know is that my journey is a happy journey. I'm having a good time. Every day I get up, I got stuff to look forward to. I work on my book, work with my clients, play games with my wife, you know, board games, people, board games. This is a G-rated show. You know, <laughs> we play, <laughs> we play sequence every day. We have this record. When the lockdown began, we said, okay, what are we going to do to keep from going crazy? And March 17th, 2020 to today, we've played at least one game of sequence. That's a guard game with a board. And you put your little chips on it, try to get like a bingo uh -huh. five in a row. Right. And you do the math. That's been two years now, right? Yep. Well, today's March 11th. So six more days, it'll be two years. Yeah, you know. So you would that's have been. That's, that's, that's 700 games, man. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. sometimes we play like three or four times in a day, different times of the day, you know, before breakfast, after dinner, that kind of thing. So you're talking about a thousand, thousand games so far. In the last yeah, couple of years, about, more than. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. You know, there's no there's no goal that I'm reaching for. It's just aiming to be happy every day. Mm -hmm. If that sounds weird, then well, I guess I'm in the right place. Yep. 
Well, hey, that's what life is all about, being happy, right? Yes. You mentioned clients. What kind of work do you do? Can you spell that out for me, please? I'm sorry, I missed what you said. Oh, okay. My, my focus now is basically um, Excel automation, but I've done a lot of different things over the years. And I've developed websites, which I was horrible at. I got a couple of clients out of that. Back when we were all innocent and websites didn't have to be super responsive like they do today. So I was able to get away with that, but it was not a scalable business model. So I didn't do that for too long. But um, I've always loved programming. So I got on these freelance sites like Freelancer and Guru and Upwork and marketed my services I've done things like um, software development. I've done spreadsheet automation. I've helped people clean up databases. I've written databases using Microsoft Access. And again, the synchronicity from of all that was that I discovered that I loved cleaning up messy data. And what that means is if a client comes to me and says, I need to get this Excel worksheet looking this way, but it looks like this right now and it's a mess. I can't do anything with it. I'll take that spreadsheet and clean it up. And another thing I like to do is what's known as data extraction. And that's an art in itself. There's all kinds of data sources that are not easily manipulated by people. And so they want to get it into Excel so that they can manipulate it. So one of the main places where data is and should not be, if you want to work with it, is a PDF. A PDFs are reports. It's like somebody come up to you and say, you know what? I have this newspaper here and I want to take all the words from it and put them in alphabetical order. You look at them like they're crazy. That's not what a newspaper is for. But people expect to be able to do that with PDFs. So I've made a, a good living from helping people get stuff out of PDFs and other weird places where data should not live. <laughs> <laughs> Spreadsheet. Uh, automation. Yes. Explain that to me. So somebody who is out over there in kindergarten as far as technology goes can understand it. You mean like what is, you mean what exactly is automation? Yeah. Uh, uh, sure. Database, I mean uh, Excel automation or spreadsheet automation. Okay. Let's look at it this way. Say you were a, uh, I don't know, a financial planner and you have 2,000 clients and every month you have to generate a report for them 
to show them that you're doing well with their money. Okay. So they don't fire you. You as the financial planner do not have time to manually type in a bunch of numbers into a spreadsheet, especially when that data is already in the computer somewhere. Mm -hmm. But you don't have the knowledge of how to pull that information into Excel and manipulate it without a lot of work. So you hire me and you say, hey, look, I've got this data, it's here, and I need to get it into Excel. Can you help me? And what I do is I take the Excel spreadsheet and I put buttons on there and I connect those buttons to something called Visual Basic for Applications, which is just a code, it's programming. And you click the button and it goes out and does whatever it is you needed to do. And now you've just saved yourself two hours of manual typing because that button leads to some code that does a whole bunch of stuff for you. That's gotcha. That's the 30,000 foot view of it. Got it. You know, so yeah. basically, if I wanted to find information about client X, then there's or every client, all I have to do is press one button for this client and it gives me all this information that I'm looking for. That's exactly right. And wow. if it's more complex, then it can be two or three buttons. Well, once you get the data in there, you want to make a chart. Okay, fine. Click this button and there's your chart. Now you want to send a report out to your clients. Okay, click this third button and all that information gets exported out to a PDF where data shouldn't live, but that's where they go for a report because that's what <laughs> clients want, you know? So, I mean, PDFs aren't bad, don't get me wrong, but if you misuse them, then they become a hassle. They're uh -huh. output, not they're output, not input. That's the way I look at it. And because right. people insist on using PDFs as input, I can feed my family, you know what I'm saying? There you go. Problem right. solving. Yeah. When somebody has a problem and you can solve it, you can make a living. Exactly. That's right. Have you got your feet wet in the app market? Have you done any kind of app creation? No, absolutely not. Get that? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I don't have the skills for that. Second of all, I really don't have any interest in doing that. I can't see myself in that kind of environment, you know, because it's, it's such a muddy area where you have to either create something that people are going to spend money on or you have to create that, what they call um, in-app purchases. I've just, first of all, that a lot of that stuff really needs to be done by a lot of people, like a studio. You can't just create that stuff on your own. Those days are pretty much over. The indie developer, uh -huh. sure, you know, there's a Wordle guy out there here and there. You heard about him. He just made that, but he wasn't trying to make something for the app store. He was just doing something for his girlfriend, you know? 
and most of these apps, they're either very, very good or they're very, very bad. And you don't want to be in the middle because you'll be lost. If you're bad, you just, nobody pays you any attention. But if you're not super, super good, then it's hard to get any uh, traction and stuff like that. So no, I don't do apps. Matter so of fact, I, I stopped doing a lot of programming because I'm just bored with it now. I've been doing it for over 20, almost 30 years now, you know? Okay, because you said that you 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 have done software programming and uh, computer programming, so I thought that would be just in your back valley. Can you type that in? I missed what you said. Well, they are apps are programming. But, you know, programming is a generic term. You can program your remote. That doesn't mean you can write an app, <laughs> you know? Okay. And for some people, that is, that takes talent to program your remote. <laughs> okay. So... Yeah, I saw a tweet the other day. Somebody said, yeah, I just bought this universal remote. That changes everything. I'm like, oh, you so corny. I don't get but it. But anyway, it changes everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, some, some days your pun meter is not up. I hear you. I hear you. Like when you missed a horse with a no name. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I had no idea. I actually listened to that. It was a pretty cool song. Yeah, it is. Yeah. You know what I like to do when I do music? People are probably wondering, if you can't hear, why is it listening to music? I go to the lyric sites. Right. And I pull up the lyrics, and then I go to YouTube, pull up the song, start the song, switch back to the lyric site, and I follow along. And sometimes the YouTube video actually has the lyrics on it. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, hey, Mitchell, I do appreciate your time. And uh, despite your physical challenges coming through for me and uh, having a conversation, a common question that I ask all my guests is, if somebody was trying to embrace their inner weirdo and they're having a struggle with it, what would you recommend or what would you suggest they could do? Okay, I want to make sure I nail this. So can you write that down? I heard part of it. My typing is as terrible as you're listening. Okay. No, no, I got you. My only advice is to not think about anybody else and how what they might think of you, you know, I know I'm not making too much sense, but basically you have to, you have to care about yourself more than you care about what other people think about you. So if you, if you can become comfortable with yourself, 
as you are. There's nobody else in the house. It's just you and not even a mirror because a mirror is not you. It's the opposite. Okay. True. It's just you sitting in that chair with your thoughts. If you like what you think, if you like what's coming out of your mind, then you'll be able to embrace that. You That's how you do it. You just don't worry about, you can't worry about being normal. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. If you want to embrace being weird, you have to stop thinking like a normal person. And what is normal anyway? Well, hey, fantastic. Now, if somebody wanted to uh, learn from you or give you some money, where would they find you? Well, I'm at morphodesigns.com and I'm also on anklebuster.com. There's actually a story behind that name if you have time to hear it. Absolutely. Go for it. Okay. Again, we go back to the beginning of the internet. My first experience with the internet was something called BBS, the Bulletin Board Systems. Uh -huh. If you remember that, you had to have a handle have a, a name that people will call you by. Correct. So I had no idea, but it just so happened that the night before <laughs> we had moved into this old house and we just, it was our first house. We bought uh -huh. our first house. It was really old. And like a lot of old houses, it had mice. And I was upstairs in the bedroom and a mouse came out of nowhere and startled, <laughs> startled me. You know how they do. Uh-huh. And I must have jumped six feet in the air. And when I landed, I landed badly on my foot. And I, mm. my ankle was swollen. And I couldn't go to work for three days. So I'm sitting there playing around on the internet. I found this BBS. And they said, well, what are you going to call yourself? So I'm like, okay, let me see and my foot started hurting. I said, hmm, ankle buster. <laughs> <laughs> and at that, so that name is from 1995, ankle buster. And I had the presence of mind to register that domain. So I have a blog on there where I talk about the digital diet, which is about decluttering how to how I personally I'm not teaching anybody anything I'm just saying hey this is the way I feel about things in the digital world and how to declutter yourself and whatnot and of course I'm on medium and my professional site is parsermonster.com yeah p-a-r-s-e-r -E and the word monster parser monster so you that's, have, that's my professional site, yeah. You are in many places. You know what? I, I, I used to study Pat Flynn. That was a guy who said, be everywhere. Yeah. So he said, smart, he's the one who said, be everywhere. Yeah, smart so, passive income. Yes, exactly. I've embraced his uh, philosophy for the most part. As yes. a matter of fact, I think I overdid it. So now I'm trying to reel it back, you know, take back some of my space, some of my time, because you don't own any of those properties out there, people. You don't own your Twitter account. You don't own your Facebook account. The only thing you own, as long as your internet service provider lets you, is your own domain. So that's the real place to be. 
And those three places that I mentioned you, those are all my domains. So, you know, except for Medium, of course. How active are you on Medium? Oh, not very active at all. As a matter of fact, there was a, uh, <laughs> a campaign to help me get over 100. So I feel kind of obligated to uh, repay those kind people that helped me get over and put a couple of things up there. So I use that opportunity to talk about my puzzle book. But that's the first thing I posted on there since I did my 12-part Halloween series, you know. And one of the things I do like about Medium is that it gives you a chance to reach other people as long as you don't think you're going to make any money from it. If you're just there to meet people and have fun, it's a great place. But if you're trying to make a dollar, woo, that's a hard way to go. <laughs> I will agree with you 100%. <laughs> It's, yeah. it's a great place to build community and make friends, but yes. not a place to make money by writing. Not at all. I, not I at learned all. that the hard way. And a lot of people think they call it a refund. Every time you get that check, <laughs> it's not earnings. It's a really? refund on yeah. your monthly subscription, man. <laughs> oh, I, I know what you mean. I wrote yeah. 400 plus articles in one year at, at one point, and I made $360 in that one year. Ooh, see, that comes out to 90 cents per article. And I said, oh, no, I, I can find a better way of making a living. But you but, have to admit, these people that put these platforms together, they're geniuses because they know that they can tap into that collective need mm -hmm. for belonging the need to make money. Everybody wants to do those two things. Right. So if you can figure out a way to put them together. That's right. It's all about sol solving a problem and providing a service. Exactly. If you can do those two things, you'll never go hungry. That's right. Whether that service is twisting balloons or making puzzle books. Well, hey, I appreciate it so much. But I am so glad that you embrace your inner weirdo and we got to meet well, thanks. each other. Thanks for having me. I had a lot of fun. You helped me get comfortable real quick because you know I'm an introvert on top of everything else. So, oh boy. Thank you for listening to the Embrace Your Inner Weirdo podcast, where we debunk the myth that weirdo is a four-letter word. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. Share it with a friend and leave a tip if you like the show.